Hey, it's Ben, and this is episode two of a podcast that is yet to be named. But I do think that we are closer to finding a name than we were during our last episode. We did end up skipping a week, so we've got a little bit to catch up on. But I am here with Leora, and we are going to be discussing everything that has happened since the last time that we talked. Amazingly, looking back two weeks right now, it feels like there's a lot we have to cover. Whereas before, like I feel like if you had said, we've got two weeks to get through, I'd be like, well... We went to the store once. <laughs> there would be nothing to say. But this has been a pretty eventful couple of weeks, I think. Yeah, I think... I can't really put my finger on exactly what happened to create the kind of motivation that was lacking through 2020, or, or just kind of like transitioning into a different kind of mindset. But just within the past exactly that two weeks, I think that, at least in myself, a, a real shift has occurred. Is that something that you can relate to? I mean, I feel like I've been motivated and active for a lot longer than you have, and I'm not saying that, like, as a dig, but, like, I was happy to start working for my dad way back in, like, November, I think, and I would have started working for him sooner, he just didn't have much of anything going on for me, so, no, I've been pretty antsy to, to be motivated and do stuff pretty much since June, I would say. I took a, a couple months... Or like right after you know quarantine and actually was like all right actually it's kind of cool I kind of like being chill um, but that only lasted for a couple of months and then once we were more settled here that was when the cabin fever and shit like that got real for me and it just yeah so no I feel like I've been motivated for a while and I didn't really need a shift what has happened though is that being in a relationship and in a house with someone who wasn't feeling that way did kind of create a general malaise around the whole household. I think that now that it's lifted, it makes me feel even more motivated to like get stuff done. Whereas before I felt like I would be bugging you or um, stressing you out with my energy if I was like, yeah, I want to like go ahead and work for six or seven hours straight or I want to keep on doing stuff or I want to work and then go out and run errands. I, I would worry that that would... Because it would... like if, if I was, like, in a depressive episode and somebody around me was just, like, beepity-boop-bop, like, let's get <laughs> shit done, I'd be, like, literally fuck off. Like, <laughs> you are stressing me out. So I didn't want to do that. So I think it's it's just been a lot better around here since you've been feeling better about stuff. Yeah, and that's something I'm still trying to wrap my brain around is if it actually was a depressive episode. And I'm beginning to kind of come around to the idea that it probably was. Because at first when I when I started kind of raising my head out of just everything that was 2020, I was, I was asking myself, you know, why is it so hard for me to get out of quarantine mode? You know, where the, the largest expectation of pretty much everybody was to stay inside. And if you absolutely have to go outside, then make sure that you mask up. And my largest responsibility at, at that point in time was making sure that I did my daily video. And that was really the extent of it. And so to, to start coming out of that, I remember journaling and really asking myself, you know, hey, you, you're the failure artist. You're this guy that at the drop of a hat can move to a city that you've never been to with people in it that you've never met, like not a single friend around or a job opportunity. And I was always able to make that work. And so coming out of that quarantine mindset, I, I just kept asking myself, why is this so hard? 
everything that I've ever experimented with was much easier than this. And so that that's one of the things that is leading me to think that maybe during that, that period of time, I actually was much more depressed than I knew. That's one of the things about depression is it's really deceptive. People around you, a lot of times, especially people who are close to you, can pick up on it before you do. Part of the reason is because of survival mechanisms that we have inherently in ourselves we don't we're not consciously constantly aware of the depression but we are not doing the things that we normally would be doing if we weren't being affected by depression so like i like i used an example a while ago that like i remember even back when we were in philly before covid happened one day i was like oh hey here's a fun social thing that we can go to together where you can meet people because this is a thing you used to love to do uh, the only thing is that I'm going to be the only one that you know there. And you were like, absolutely not. And yeah, I, I think if you were not depressed, then you would have been much happier to go. And I remember you as always being like such a go-getter and like a hustler. And then like just finding out that you had to like work on a day, like you were completely like incapacitated before and after a shift in a way that was just like, what the hell is going on? And just to remind people of exactly what we're talking about, the job that I had when I was in Philly was only two to three days a week. Max. Max. And the, these were evening shifts. I don't think our shift started until maybe two or three. That was at the, the earliest. earliest. Yeah. Exactly. Usually it was like we didn't have to be there till four or four or five. And yet just the anxiety... Uh, around going in and working these shifts before I went in I was just in knots and you would be you physically like affected and then while we were there you were fine yeah. uh, and you liked the job and then afterwards we'd go out with friends like coworkers and, and stuff too. and that was great and then you would then sleep the whole next day until you had to go in again and it would just reset all the anxiety and then you told me that back before you came to Philly one of your friends had said to you, you're the most stressed out person about work that I've ever met. Like yeah. you, and so I think again, maybe that was true of you. Like, I think the depression went back. Like you, like you said, I think maybe I've been depressed since, you know, for a long time. 2012. Longer. Yeah. I, I think it was the end of Occupy for me. Like I found myself in the happiest period of my entire life and then it was snatched away. And I tried my best to, to build back up to something that, I could either compare to it or that I could at least say, you know, I'm, a ha I'm, I'm as happy now as I was then. And I don't think it was until recently that I was able to do that. Yeah. And like one thing, and I'm not like to toot my own horn or to toot our own horn, but like, I think that one of the things that's been really beneficial to you has been in a really healthy, solid relationship. And so that's been really helpful. Yeah. But even with that, like pretty much like the whole time it's sort of been like pulling teeth to get you to do stuff and like learning like okay well you know he can't get up before two in the afternoon and you know if if we try and sleep together it'll disrupt his sleep and then he'll have to sleep even longer and if the neighbors are noisy he'll have to sleep even longer and like then he's gonna have to stay up until five or six it's when he needs to have his alone time there it was just like walking on eggshells a lot it felt like but now like it's just, it's not like that at all anymore. Now, like, I can see how motivated you are. Like, not just, like, he got a haircut, guys. He got a haircut. We'll get there. <laughs> we'll get there. That's part of the that's part of the story coming up. But, but yes. I, that's my point. It's yeah. like, it's really, it's felt different. Like, it's felt like you've really rounded a corner. 
And that was a big part of it is like, there's a physical transformation as well. And that seems to have lifted your whole, uh, even looking at pictures and video of us, like a couple months ago, I see a huge difference in just like your posture and like uh, the tone of voice you have, like everything, everything is tremendously different in a really positive way. And it's nice. Yeah. I remember even commenting recently that when I was living out in the woods, I was actually cleaner cut than I probably have been over the past year. And I, and I find that really fascinating. I'll also say probably around that time I weighed about 165, maybe 170 pounds. And then I got up to about 220 over the past year. And so, yeah, I, I do think that there are shades of depression and there was a layer of it starting way back that really peaked with my time out in the woods. And then during COVID, like I had been in North Carolina by myself, living alone for an entire year, extremely motivated to do what I could to find a job and to move myself back up North. And there were just so many hurdles and, and it was just really, really hard to overcome. And then I finally get to Philly after having done what I needed to, to get there and then COVID hit, and so it was like, I don't know, it, it was a really interesting landscape to find myself in. Plus your mom got sick. Plus my mom got sick. So I I had months, like, you know, three, maybe four months of motivation, feeling like I was going to reestablish myself in a city, I was going to get this new job, I was going to probably get a second one, or find a side hustle, or whatever, and then COVID and then my mom has cancer, and then we're in the summer of 2020. In North Carolina, of all horrible places. Right. So it was like, any, like, I really do, like, I'm going to keep on saying it, but I, th I do believe that you had depression and anxiety, and then all of those things happening just exacerbated it. And one of the worst things about having depression during COVID is it's sort of like, there's no way to get yourself out of it because, like you said, everything that you're supposed to be doing is staying inside, not doing anything. Yeah. I mean, we did do some really healthy things. I think the walks that we started doing and yes. going and playing basketball every day, like, I think that really helped. But, yeah, I basically had 2019 almost 95% of it in isolation with no one. And then I, you know, had that with, like, a, a, a quick break where basically not only was I around you, not only was I around coworkers, but I was around a hundred to 250 people every single weekend working these events at the, the job that we had. And you were in a job where you were valued. People liked you. Was, they liked yes. the work you did. Like the management and really the coworkers were just so solid. And then back into isolation. Like, and, and obviously it was different because, you know, this time around it wasn't just me, it was us. And that had a huge impact. But, like, two years of isolation after a lifestyle that I think that you can relate to, which is just, like, you know, constantly on the move, constantly hustling, yeah. constantly meeting new people. And, and then, boom, like, two years of that. And I'm not entirely sure what it's what it's done, I can't say that it's created new habits. It definitely created a new mindset. And that's what I was talking about, about wanting to get out of the quarantine mindset and like get back into the idea that being out is actually better than being in. 
but it, it definitely left an impact on me that I can't quite put my finger on. Yeah, definitely. And, I mean, it's affected everyone differently. Some people are pretending it hasn't existed this whole time and yeah. their life's just going to keep on going on as normal. And some people are a little more realistic and they're like, well, you know, this can only go on for so long and at some point we've got to get, get adjusted to the quote-unquote new normal. And then, you know, there are other people that are like, we're never going to go back to the way things were, so how do we adjust to, to all of this? And so I think that, yeah, everyone's kind of handling it differently. I, like, have been very lucky to have the connections that I do, to have the job that I have, where almost all of it can be done remotely. And even with that, like, I can, like, my parents are part of my pod, so I can go to their house safely a couple days a week and work there and everything else I can do from home. And like I said, most of the work that I need to do can be done remotely, which is great. So that's been really, really good for me because I was really like going nuts for a while there. Just And I still, I do like bizarrely enough, I miss like the busy server service industry. Yeah. Like, uh, all of that, like just the the... The, that aspect of, of being on and like being part of a team and you're all in the trench together and then when you're done with work, you just get to like blow off steam and you're done. Like you're not bringing anything home with you. Even if you don't like one of your coworkers, like you barely have to worry about that. So like, it's not, you don't, you're not bringing your work home with you. You're, you're, you've got cash at the end of every shift. You've got really good friends and it's, you're pretty much busy the whole time. So you don't get bored. Like the time flies. So I do miss a lot of that. I um, guess, like, and, and what that makes me think of is, like, what you just said, like, being on, I almost feel like we just had a year of setbacks. Yeah. You know, we were so used to building momentum and, like, go, 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 and then, like, you know, getting rewards from that and it creating new avenues for more motivation and, and, and more speed, and then 2020 hits, and it's just, like, roadblock, roadblock, roadblock. And only roadblock, it really is, like you said, setback. Like, I felt like I got like kicked back into the past like not only because I grew up pretty much in North Carolina and then leaving North Carolina was really important to me and I had never ever planned on living here again and then here I am like after like climbing out of North Carolina living in a million other places eventually like New Orleans for a long time and then feeling stuck there and you didn't get out of New Orleans and then moving to Philly and that felt like all right I'm finally like making a change for the better and then I was only there for a year and a half yep same less time but same feelings and here I am back in North Carolina and while I value the fact that like we've been living here like part of the year for no rent and then another part of the year for pretty cheap rent and I love the fact that we get to see our families so much like do not get me wrong that's been wonderful it's still it was a thing I said I would never come back to North Carolina to live and here the fuck I am (laughs) so like that's been that's been rough but We do have plans to, to get out of here. and Well, that's sort of the, the kinds of things that started happening very recently is, you know, all the way up through, I would say, December and even through January, we had plans. We had things that, we, that we've been wanting to do. But the thing is that they all had so many prerequisites right. that relied on systems that were on pause because of COVID and, and because of people who were also coping with COVID that there was really no way to to build a plan for the next year or build a plan for the future in general because like again everything was just waiting yeah and so you know 
in terms of moving back up north and finding property and that kind of a thing, like that was waiting for balls to drop, which only just now in March are finally coming into fruition. And then the same thing with like my mom's health. Like, only just within the past, I would say, what, maybe three to four weeks? Yeah. It's been, you know, we we were wondering if she was terminal, and then we recently found out, again, just within the past three or four weeks, that, like, you know, she's she's not out of the woods yet, but things are looking good, you know? Given her, like, in the next two years, we'll need to do blah, 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 as opposed to, like... In the next couple of weeks, we might have to, like, worry about some serious shit. Right. Yeah. And so, you know, there's that. I'm, I'm starting now that we're in the spring. I'm seeing now hiring signs, like, everywhere when I go out. And so, like, I, I feel like things are, are starting to, to turn a corner. And I don't know. I guess it, it was a mixture of a lot of different things. You know, a lot of serious conversations between the two of us about what... Well, I guess I only speak for myself. Like... I know that I presented a lot of conversations about what expectations I had for me and how disappointed I was in the kinds of, like, the the motivation I had to do the things, the aspirations that I had, and then the follow-through. I kept feeling like the, the, the two weren't meeting. And... I I think that there are a lot of things that are starting to happen now that we're starting to get some of those answers at the, por- the the period of time that we're in. So, you know, one of the big ones was the, the funding that I had from quarantine relief, I guess I'll call it, you know, did keep me afloat for a pretty long period of time. The situation that I'm in here in North Carolina allowed for me to be pretty comfortable and to save a lot of money, so I, I made it stretch. Uh, you know, I, I got to the point where I was questioning whether or not there was going to be a comma in my bank account balance. And so I realized that it was time for me to start really prioritizing work, getting income. And it was a really very, very challenging mental exercise for me because we didn't know anything that was going on with COVID. And again, this is only, you know, a month or two ago that we're talking about. We didn't know what was going on with COVID. Vaccines were still something that was relatively new and that it it still isn't universal at this point in time. And my mom was still very sick. And I was just like really bumming about the idea of having to get a really shitty job and to go and work what I perceived to be, you know, 40 hours a week. And as you were saying, like a step back, you know, like, Like, you never wanted to move back to North Carolina, and yet here you are. And I was feeling the same way. Like, when I left North Carolina, when I left working for Food Lion, this this big grocery chain here, when I left working for Uber and Lyft, and I went up to Philly, and I started working at a job that I loved, I, I felt like I was finally stepping forward. And then here I found myself stumbling back into all of this other shit from a previous chapter. Potentially taking a job that you're going to hate. Exactly. And so not only was it a job that I might hate, but then of course I'm I'm exposing myself to COVID, which then I could pass on to my mom. So it's like, you know, the whole point of being here in North Carolina was so that we could be around family. 
and and make ourselves safer from COVID since we were at a higher risk for exposure there in Philly. Yeah. And so all of the reasons that I found myself here in North Carolina, suddenly I had to challenge them and say, well, I might be here now, but I have to start coming out of the shell. And I remember having a very challenging conversation with you uh, about how miserable I was about the fact that I felt like my only income opportunities with my, my education level, with my training, with my experience was to go and work at a shitty grocery store, you know, to go and work for Home Depot, to go and get like a job. And, and I've got to say, like, and this is a point that you brought up before too, like, you know, th- this is nothing to turn my nose up at. If I can get income in general during all of this kind of stuff, especially at a job as perhaps as cush as those might be in some people's perspectives. Like, even knowing that, I was just... You should count yourself lucky. Yeah, I should. Uh, That being said, you know, I was bumming out, thinking that that was going to be my future. That was going to be it. Well, and my thing was, like, I did not... I mean, I know that, like, you have your experiences, but I did not believe that that was going to be your future. I thought that was going to be your temporary future. You get the job now because you need the job, and you do the job, and you just remind yourself that, like, a year from now, your situations will be very different. A year, like, I de- like we're going to be in upstate New York, and hopefully you'll be doing more stuff that you creatively makes you happy and fulfilled, and hopefully you're not still working at the Home Depot or whatever. But, like, for one thing, you're going to be in upstate New York, not North Carolina, which is going to be a huge difference. Right. So that was my thing was, like, instead of just looking at this whole thing as a disaster and as a, a tragedy, you need to see it as a temporary stepping stone to get you to where you want to be. And Yeah, not quicksand, but a stepping stone. Yeah. And so, like, it'll be just be temporary. And, like I was saying to you, like, that was how I felt at one point in Philly when... I had to kick my ex out of the apartment, and my the restaurant that I was working at just straight up he just flat out closed without any warning. So suddenly I had you know double the bills that I was paying before, and I was unemployed. So I was like, "Well, shit, <laughs> this is not a situation I can handle." So I went ahead and got a bunch of jobs, and I didn't like one of them, and I also didn't like working two jobs because that was really hard. I mean, it was three for a while, but then I, I whittled it down to two. Um, and even that was really hard, especially, like, going into the holidays because it felt like I was working... I mean, a lot of times I was working every single day. I wouldn't have a day off for 10 to 14 days sometimes, and that was really devastating, but I just did it because I was like, I know that this isn't going to be forever. I know that I'm going to save up a ton of money and you know Ben's moving in and I'm gonna have help with the bills then and we'll be okay and I will this won't be forever so I was able to get through it because I told myself it's not forever this isn't if I had to if I thought I was looking down the barrel of like the rest of my life working two jobs as a bartender I would have killed myself but because I was able to remind myself this isn't forever this is just temporary then I was able to get through it And that's, you know, what I was trying to impress upon you during that time was, like, this, even if it is a shitty job or whatever, A, you are lucky to have it because a lot of people during COVID aren't able to get jobs. And B, it won't be forever. Like, there will be, you know, a pot of gold at the end of this rainbow. 
And, and and for me, there never has been, unless I had my own project, or you know, I landed some kind of like unicorn job. So for for me, it really just seemed like more of the same. And that being said, I I did eventually come around to it, and you know, this this made me remember one of the really big pieces, and I can't exactly figure out how it relates or or what role it played in my my thinking about work, but impulse control was something that kept on coming up in my mind. And I, I think that my younger self kind of relied on a motivation that I can only relate to impulse. So yes, when we talk about impulse control, we're talking about, you know, perhaps some bad habits that you have, like, you know, drinking alcohol when you shouldn't, or... You know, you, you, you've got a shift to go and work, but your friends invite you out to something fun, and so you call in. Um, or, you know, when I was living in Portland, it was very common for people to call in just because it wasn't raining that day. But I think that there's another kind of impulse control, which is that people are sitting around and waiting for that feeling that they have that they did on one occasion or another, where like, oh, I suddenly have the impulse to clean my whole house, and so I'm going to do it. Or I suddenly have the impulse to start a new work project, and so I'm going to go and do that. Or to find a new job. Or the impulse to cook myself food, and all of these other sorts of things. And so I, I agree that there was a lot of conversations around the importance of finding work. And I think that what I kept on waiting for was the impulse to do it. And this is still a, a relatively new thing for me. Uh, I, I am not familiar enough with this concept as it lives inside myself, but you know, I have at least gotten to the point where I've I've started to move beyond it. You know, I'm I'm aware of it, and I'm I'm beginning new practices, new strategies, new behaviors, uh, but I'm not removed enough from it yet to really be able to to put my finger on it. I mean, yeah, we always, we all, everyone has to do things sometimes they're not in the mood to do or they're not feeling the quote-unquote impulse to do or the motivation to do, but they still have to do it. And, you know, you do it. You know, you just have to do it. Like, you can't wait for, it's not like you're waiting for artistic inspiration. It's like That's a when good it way comes to it. getting a job or doing an errand around the house or calling someone you don't want to call or paying a bill or whatever the thing happens to be, you don't get the luxury of waiting around for the inspiration to strike. You just got to do it and then it'll be done. And then you move on to the next thing. Right. Like with artistic creativity, artistic endeavors or creativity, like, yeah, you do need to wait for the inspiration to strike you because otherwise you're just going to make shit art. Yeah. Um, but there is also some value in just sitting down and doing it. Like there's a whole yeah. like, you know, National November Writing Month where you just like, you write the shitty novel. It's gonna suck. But you're gonna sit down and you're gonna write every single day because it's good for you. It's good practice. And when we didn't feel, on days we didn't feel like I want to play basketball, we did it anyway. And some of it sucked, but mostly it was fun and we always were glad that we did it afterwards. And so I, I'm also a believer that like, Sometimes you got to make the shitty art and you've got to do the things that you don't want to do. But 
for one thing, it'll be done. You're not going to be doing this forever. You're going to be stuck in this horrible moment forever. Uh, I mean, one might be. If we're talking about, you know, trying to find the, the motivation to go to a shitty job every day because that's our only option, like, yeah, that might be forever. It, I feel like the 30 plus years of your life should teach you that there is no such thing as forever in anything. Yeah. And certainly this last year should have taught you that. No matter what, like, at this point, I think in order for something to be forever, you have to fight tooth and nail to keep it that way. <laughs> That's a good point. More than likely, without your contribution, things are going to fucking change that you have no control over. So that is the is the only thing you can look forward to. Like, there, there are very few things that are going to be forever except being dead. And <laughs> then that's it. So in the meantime... You can rest assured that whatever the situation is, it's gonna change. Yeah, and it certainly it certainly has been. I look forward again to a time where I can I can fully reflect on all of these things and really be able to articulate a lot of it. What I will say is that, you know, even as far as this podcast goes, you know, I, I, I've had a long day of work and was arguing with myself and asking for some perspective on whether or not I should jump into this. And I'm glad that I did. You know, I, I would say this is another one of those things where, you know, even with creative endeavors like this, I, I, I use this example so much, but Stephen King in his book on writing talks about how important it is to write 2,000 words a day, even if you don't feel like writing. And so what, what that says to me in this context is even when it comes to creative endeavors, the practice is more important than the product. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah, definitely. And I also think like it's just it's it's also good practice to like see for yourself that like even if you don't feel like doing this thing, once you start doing it, now you're you're fine with the fact that we're doing it. Right. And I think that you would have felt worse tomorrow if you hadn't done the podcast than and put it off for yet another week. Yeah, probably. You know, than doing it. And, and you know, like, that's one of those things, I, again, that I think about 2020 is, for me, it was a year of falling outside of practice. I think that so many people were very optimistic going into it, like, oh, this is a year where I can really focus on practice. But I don't think that I'm alone when I say that it, it actually ended up being quite the opposite. I, I did continue to practice certain things, but it wasn't as though it was like a... Of a, a, a full mind, full soul uh, audit of myself, and you know, bettering myself. It was definitely, it was definitely a year set on cruise control. I mean, yeah, there are people out there who have no mental illness and tons of money, or whatever, like you know, thirty plus years of living a, a healthy brain life, which I cannot relate to who spent quarantine like learning new cooking techniques and dance moves and they taught themselves a new language and like whatever and like that ain't me like I didn't do that but I am proud of myself that I survived it and I'm proud of myself that I didn't turn into an embittered anxious husk of a human being <laughs> so there are things I'm proud of about it and not everyone's success looks the same. Definitely not. And so we shouldn't, you know, base our comparisons on, like, what the expectations were going into COVID versus now. I think it's more like looking back on it, 
Could you have done worse? Hell yeah. Yeah, a lot worse. Yeah, a lot worse. So, that's a win. <laughs> I'm thinking about some of the bad ideas I was having. <laughs> that's a win. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. So, like, yeah. So, I'm feeling pretty good about things for me. I feel like, again, like, also for you, I really do believe that you've turned a corner recently. Yeah. And if you want to, we can talk about the, the past two weeks and things that you've done. Yeah, I, I like to... The, the final point that I think I want to jump into on it is that my in my previous life... I, I had a lifestyle that was very minimalist, you know, whether it be living in a collective house, whether it be living in a school bus, being constantly on the move, ready to go to a new city. I, I think that what that lifestyle provided for me was one where I, I didn't have to really have a lot of financial responsibility and responsibility in general. You know, I could just kind of float from one idea to the next and it was perfectly fine. And so when I was leaving North Carolina for Philly, I kind of saw it as the end of that. And, and, you know, the beginning of trying to create a new, more comfortable lifestyle for myself, where I actually could have a decent place to live and not have to go dumpster diving for food, where, like, I actually could just rely on the income that I had for it. And I, and I had a lot of plans. Uh, and so when, when 2020 happened, it was a mixture of, of two different things. You know, one that quarantine money was more than I had made previously. And at the same time, I was also not working at all. So it was like all of the bad habits that I had running into it, that I had just ended by moving to Philly, were suddenly being rewarded with more money than I had ever made previously. And I I think that that was a perfect storm for really fucking me up during that year. Uh, but yes, as you were just saying, I, I think that just with the culmination of, of everything, news about my mom, news about COVID, news about all kinds of different stuff, like has all just finally started coming out and blooming just within the past couple of weeks. And that has seriously changed a lot. Like I, I am definitely back on the path of practice instead of impulse. And when I find myself kind of thinking in my own mind, like, oh, well, I'll do this whenever I feel this certain impulse to do the thing, I'm like, no. Like, I either need to write this down and create a to-do list item for me to, to knock it out today, or I need to do it right fucking now. And that that has seriously changed quite a lot. So... I would, I would like, ideally, for this podcast to be weekly. And so what that means is that last week I actually skipped. And the reason for that is because it, it seemed like a switch just got flipped inside me where I had been in this COVID mindset, and then, boom, I'm suddenly in a completely different mindset. And as soon as I made the decision to pursue it, everything started changing. And so, you know, I, I finally resigned myself to the idea that I didn't want to have another shitty job again, and it might be the kind of shitty job that I would have for the rest of my life, but it was just the decision that, that had to be made. And so, you know, I started writing myself notes about how I was going to have to wake up and create a resume, and then I was going to have to go and apply to, like, Home Depot or Best Buy or some of these different places that have 
you know, the, the big box environment, which means you've got a lot of open air, even if you're inside, and don't have huge rushes. And so these kinds of places started kind of coming up on my radar. And I just kept on communicating about how miserable the concept was to, to me. And furthermore, I, I had become... I, I found myself in this loop where, because I didn't have responsibilities... I was staying up very late. I was staying up until 4 or 5 a.m. And then sleeping until, you know, 1 or 2 p.m. And it didn't really leave me much time to do a lot of stuff. And so uh, a couple of things happened to kind of change that. And I would say probably the impetus to so much of this beyond just the, the regular news was actually Valentine's Day. Which, you know, based on what had happened the year prior, you know, I woke up super early, got out of the house, and set up flowers and chocolate-covered strawberries and, like, all these other kinds of gifts so that when you woke up the next day, you would end up finding all that stuff there waiting for you. And so now, a year later, I was like, oh, that's kind of a fun tradition. So I'm going to wake up early, and I'm going to go out, and I'm going to set something up that was similar to that. And what that did in my brain is it allowed for me to, to realize, like, oh, I actually can do this. Like, I can wake up early. I can go and be, be productive during these hours, even if I'm not feeling 100%. And it was amazing. Yeah. And I, I, I think that you appreciated it. I did. <laughs> and so, you know, then fast-forwarding a couple of weeks... Really, I think the the big game changer in all of this kind of stuff was two different things. One was your birthday, and we can get to that in a minute. And then two, and this was probably the primary one, is you had a conversation with your dad about how I might be able to come to one of these meetings and actually have a discussion with people about the kind of work I'm looking for and not the kind of work that I really hate, like working at a, a grocery store or a Home Depot or a Best Buy. So the day that my dad told me about this, I wrote everything down for you. Um, but honestly, I was like, I, I don't think he's going to do this, <laughs> like meaning you. <laughs> yeah. Um, because it had just been, like, it had not been an easy road. And I was not convinced yet that you were still on the, the mindset where you were going to like actually like do stuff. And then that day you were texting me about like job prospects that you had seen that you were excited about. And I was like, well, that sounds promising, but we'll see what I, what I hear when I get home. And when I got home, you had like all these ideas and things that you were like excited about and like for job prospects. And I was like, Oh, okay. Well, then let me also tell you this thing my dad said and you were like it was like a, a switch got flipped and I could see that you were like you wrote it down you were gonna do it and I was like holy shit he's actually gonna do it. for one thing the the meeting was at eleven fifteen in the morning and it, like getting you coherent before noon was rare yeah so I was like I don't know if he's gonna be able to pull this off and like the like the for Valentine's Day for example when you woke up early that was great but then it fucked up your sleep for the next two or three days. Yep. So I was like, I don't know 
what this is going to look like. But it just, you just did it. And you, you were going to bed when I was going to bed or just a little bit after. You were waking up when I was waking up, which was really bizarre because like <laughs> it just, it wasn't a thing you did. And so I could see that you were making changes. You made uh, your hair appointment. You started doing all the things because there were all, that was the other thing was like in order to go to the, like do the Zoom thing, like you needed to have your ducks in a row. Like yeah. you needed a haircut, like you needed to make sure that you had uh you know a pitch ready to go like did you need to have a resume like all this stuff yeah so so basically the the offer that came in from leora's dad was for me to go to this zoom business conference where basically about how many would you say 40 30 i would say 40 40 entrepreneurs were all at this this meeting and i was given an opportunity to pitch three times for 30 seconds apiece where basically I was just talking about what my skill set was and what kind of work I was looking for. And all of these networked entrepreneurs were given an opportunity to either help each other out or to review the kind of pitch that I was making. And so I knew days ahead of time that my my quarantine look was not really going to work for me. I, I Again, I, I looked like I was more clean cut when I was living out in the woods than I did when I was when I was living through COVID. And so my beard was super long, my hair hadn't been cut in a year, and I I just had it in me that I knew that by Thursday of that week, I needed to be able to get to this meeting, I needed to have a collared shirt, I needed to be shaved, I needed to have my hair cut, and I needed to be ready with an elevator pitch. And so every single day I was waking up and I was getting it done. And simultaneously, and this is again why I ended up not recording last week, is Leora had her birthday and was really upset about the fact that, you know, she wouldn't be able to go out with friends, we couldn't really go out to a bar, like there really wasn't anything that we could do to, to, to celebrate the event. And so it, it was a real bummer. And so like during this whole time period, I not only had the motivation to be waking up early so that I would be able to go to this meeting, but I was also having the motivation to wake up early so that I could start planning a surprise birthday party where I really had to be up every single day to get all of the pieces in place for both of these different events. And so <laughs> it all ended up coming together and you know it, it was challenging too because Leora and I have been inseparable for the majority of COVID until she started going over to her family's house to start working over there as opposed to working from home and so for me to start finding myself saying like okay I also am going to start going out and doing things on my own like breaking that pattern was I'm not going to say challenging but it it was it was different and so i had to find confidence in that and really did you know the the day that i went and got my haircut i i then also said okay you know i have to tell you that i'm planning a surprise coming up on friday yeah. I, I can't tell you what it is but i need you to know for scheduling reasons i need you to be out of the house while all this stuff is happening and so forth and so after i got my haircut i was gone for the majority of the day just running around to thrift stores and record stores and all kinds of stuff to, to get ready for this birthday surprise that I had in mind. 
And then on the on the day that it was happening, um, I needed to be at work, and so you needed the car, and so there was like so some logistical stuff there, and then like figuring out like how I was going to get back home here, but like it was just it was a very I, I have to it was a very impressive um, feat that you pulled off. Like for one thing, like your level of secrecy was such that like it, I was very I obviously I knew something was happening because I had to but that only like inflamed my curiosity and I would like but I like I'm 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 not I don't like spoilers so I did not want to like <laughs> I did not want to spoil the surprise so I was just like what the hell and but my brain of course you know as someone who's had anxiety her whole life my brain was just like what if he's doing this crazy horrible thing what if he's doing like and like then my rational brain had to be like no he's not he loves me and he knows me really well and he wouldn't do these things but one of the things I was worried he was going to do was I was going to come home and there was going to be, like, a fucking masseur in the house, like, ready to go as a couple's massage or something, and then I would kick his dick back into his body because that's exactly how I would feel about that experience. So, but no. I mean, it was it was amazing. And the the day that he was, like, he was just getting so excited, and, like, then the day of, I was at work, and he was, like, shooting me little texts, like, Oh, I'm so excited. I'm getting stuff done. I was like, why is he planning? Like, grinding my teeth. And then in the car on the way home, he's like... Now, when I went and picked her up while she was working over at her parents' house. And he couldn't even tell my parents what he was doing because, like, I could... You know, his voice is loud, and I would have heard him. Um, so my mom didn't know. She was like, maybe he's got you a puppy. Oh, he's like, it's got to be sunset before I bring you back. And I was just like, what the hell does he have going on that requires the sun to be down? Like, maybe he's going to murder me and <laughs> sacrifice my body to Satan. Like, I don't know. So in the car, he's like, do you have your ID? And I'm like, yeah, why the hell do I need my ID to go into my own apartment? Um, and it was just, I was, I had no idea until, like, I st really had no idea until I opened the door. And that's when I saw like what he had done and yeah so we get out of the car oh, yeah so that that's the thing so we get back and I you know I ask her does she have her wallet with her and all this kind of stuff so I park the car and I'm like hey I'm gonna need you to wait in the car really quick before we go inside yeah. and she's like okay what the fuck and I'm like I open up the console and I've got like a, a tall boy uh beer sitting in there and I'm like here this is for you while you wait <laughs> <laughs> And so I, I rush inside and I and I get all of my last minute stuff set up, which was kind of time sensitive. Uh, and then I go outside and I, I invite her in. And as we get to the front door, I'm like, I need to see your ID before we go. <laughs> so like a bouncer, he texts my ID. Yeah. He's like, Oh, happy birthday! Yeah. I'm like, thank you. Yeah. And I'm like, All right, now now you can go in. And so she opens the door, and you know our our up. Our, our apartment at that point in time, as we've mentioned before, was very cluttered. It was two people's entire lives being jammed together in a pre-furnished apartment. Yeah, it was a lot. Yeah. And so I, I had a very busy day, which then kind of, like, opened up the scene for you as you walked in. Like, rearranged furniture. Like, I mean, it was... So there was, like, for what, like all, of the, all of the stuff was just, like, all the clutter was just gone. The furniture had been rearranged in a very pleasing way. The, there was new stuff he had, like, it was, it was amazing. So, like, you, I get in, there's music playing, like, dive bar jukebox music, and on the big screen, there's 
the sounds of a bar, like glasses clinking and people talking and like just yeah, like I had found this like seven hour YouTube video of bar sounds that and I like, had on. It also had like people like it was on a loop, but it was it was incredible. And like the there were green and red lights behind furniture, so they were like and like lighting up the place in a really divey way. The string lights behind like the sink and behind the TV on the walls were our <laughs> <laughs> he had taken boxes from crates of liquor so like jack daniels jaeger tequila like cut them up put them on the walls records out of their sleeves and the records yeah i went and found free records at this bookstore that's just down the street so whatever they don't think they can sell for like good cash they just put out for free so i i snatched up a whole bunch and hung up the the record sleeves and then the the lps themselves separately a full bar <laughs> with three different kinds of liquor and wine and mixers and even a fruit tray and a bar mat <laughs> and all these glasses then on the wall he had a chalkboard menu set up with bar food and all of that stuff existed on the menu. So, like, pizza, wings, mozzarella sticks, like, the whole nine. Uh, he had done a sign with a Citywide, which is a Philly special, which is a beer and a shot. It says Friday special Citywide. It's, like, a little, another little chalkboard thing. I mean, it was, oh, mini beer pong, oh, yeah. mini pool. <laughs> yeah, I found a little pool table. I found a little dartboard. <laughs> the bathroom had, like, dive bar graffiti on the walls. And, well, not on the walls, but, like, he had, like, cut and... Yeah, I found some stickers. Yeah. And, um... Oh, shit, there was something else that was really cool that I was going to mention. Yeah. I, I, you know, I went to a lot of thrift stores and found some stuff. Oh, that's what it was. So, you know how dive bars are, like, notoriously mismatched decor? Like, insanely? Well, he went at the perfect time of year for Mardi Gras decorations, St. Patty's Day decorations... And Easter decorations. And so, like, now there's, like, shamrocks on the wall and Mardi Gras beads and masks. And, like, it just, it's per, it was, it was perfect. Yeah, it all came together. <laughs> it was really, it was really amazing. Super proud of him. He pulled off a miraculous feat. And as his very dear friend also told him that I would appreciate having the house, like, using it as a chance to declutter and clean the house, which was so nice it's just it's so so nice to be able to come home to that and so now i get to and he also moved some more furniture in here so i can declutter my workspace because right now i've got like the shit for four different creative projects as well as work stuff all kind of crammed into like the right side of where i sit and so now i can space that out and organize it in a much more pleasing way so it's starting to feel like our space instead of feeling like we're just squatting in someone else's which is kind of amazing because we're leaving in a few months right (laughs) (laughs) but you know yeah 2020 happened in slow motion it did did. (laughs) so all of this of course happened excuse me for one second (coughs) all of this of course happened a day after i had this meeting that her dad had set up and invited me to where I had to wake up and be present at, was it 11 a.m.? I think it was. Well, you didn't have to wake up, but you need to be, you need to be there at 11. Yeah. So I needed to pitch all of these entrepreneurs on what my skills were, as I had mentioned. And 
I ended up getting four or five different job leads, not just like regular run-of-the-mill Home Depot fucking food line grocery store stuff like I was talking about, but the kinds of things that I'm actually passionate about and interested in. So the, the leads that I got were people who were looking for help with their social media or that wanted to start creating video content for their business. And so the, the leads that I got, oh my God, I was sweating bullets for the entire what, hour and a half that I was mm -hmm. in that meeting and was just absolutely amazed at everything that came out of it. And so it was at that meeting that I made those contacts the, the very next day while she was at work and, and while I was setting up for the birthday stuff, I was then having to send out emails to try and like follow up and schedule appointments to talk to these people on the phone and start building relationships. I thought you sent the emails the same day. You had really solid. Was it? Yeah, you did it the same day. Oh, oh, that's right. It was the, the same Because the meeting day. was done at like 12.30, 12.15. And then I was starting to have follow-up emails while you were getting ready to, to get driven over there. No, no. that wasn't. That was that was still even no, later yeah, after No, yeah, Thursday. That. No, you like, you're making yourself look bad. You, on the same day that you had the meeting, is the same day that you emailed all these people because it was good etiquette, right? After yeah. you had the meeting and you got the contacts, you immediately reached out to all of them and you said, hey, it was great meeting with you. Yeah. Let's set up some time to Let's talk. talk. That's so right. So that was all on Thursday. Yeah. And then... And then Friday was just birthday. Yeah. So we went over to your parents' house for lunch. I left, yeah. set everything up. We did... No. 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 <laughs> we had lunch on Tuesday. Wow. Then you went home. Yeah. Thursday, you had the Zoom meeting with those people, and then you emailed all of them. Friday, uh, you did the birthday setup stuff, because Wednesday, the day before the meeting, was the day that you had your hair cut. That's right. And you ran around all over the city to thrift stores and shit. Yeah. See, th this is why I didn't do a podcast last week. <laughs> and I'm sorry that, it, like, if you were looking forward to it, I was looking forward to it, too. But holy shit, I can't even place what was going on one day to another. It was... Like, there were so many moving parts. And so this week so far has been especially interesting because it has been the, the fruition. It has been all of those calls just coming together. I was supposed to have one call today about working with this person who calls himself a digital media consultant. So they're a content creator for hire slash social media professional. Had to reschedule that. Had an opportunity to have some other phone calls, though. Follow up on some other stuff. I've got one phone call meeting tomorrow with a photographer who is interested in talking with me about doing video content with them. Then on Wednesday is when I rescheduled this call with the digital media consultant. Then plus an hour after I have that conversation with them, I'm going to be talking with a professional videographer who has won Emmys for their work and really just exploring what it is that I might be able to learn from them or what it is that I might be able to help them out with. And then somebody else, if they get back to you, is a event planner who does on online event stuff who's going to kick you some work, hopefully. Exactly. And so be, between all of this and... The idea that maybe we might be getting another stimulus check, maybe there's an opportunity for $300 checks per week to start coming in again. Like, it, everything has just changed drastically within just the past couple of weeks. Like, it, it has gone from seeming like 
more of the same bullshit. And I, and I thought that I was just going to have to be trudging through this quicksand for the rest of my life to like, again, just a week or two later, like, boom, tons of opportunity, tons of new contacts, tons of new experiences that I can start practicing and learning about. And like, now we've we've started on a timeline of when it is that we might be able to move back up north because now we're actually getting answers about what's happening with my mom's treatment and with her health and like what both of us have going on in terms of our income and it's just insane like i just remember thinking last monday i could be doing a podcast right now but holy shit there are so many of these plates in the air that i'm spinning and like any one of them is about to fall and I and I just feel silly just saying to everybody in a podcast like hey all this stuff might happen this week and then doing a follow up so like this one and being like so here's what happened yeah and, and, and maybe that might have been a thing to do but honestly I, I feel like this is the best way that I could have done it because adding a podcast on top of all of that stuff would have just been you know uh, another another project on top of so many others. And I, I feel like now is the right time to talk about all this stuff. I'm so fucking excited about the future and about everything that we've got going on right now. Yeah, me too. I'm excited you're excited. <laughs> so I, I think with that, I'm, I'm going to leave the podcast here. I, of course, as I mentioned, I've got more calls coming up this week. And there are a lot of plans that are coming to fruition. So... I look forward to doing a podcast, I believe, next week. It should be out by Monday. If it's not, I apologize, but I assure you it is for Monday good reason. may not be the best day to you do think? it anyway. Just because, like, like maybe on Sunday, like, more of a chill day would be the day to do it. Yeah. And, or, like, maybe Tuesday or Wednesday. But, like, Monday is going to be, like, a scramble day, especially, like, just because it, even if it's not as much for you, yeah. it will be for the people that you're working with. So there's going to be... And probably the people who are listening. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. So maybe don't, like, if we get it out on Monday, great. Yeah. If not, then, you know, we'll, fig- we'll figure out a day that works. Yeah. So let me know if you're, if you're listening, especially if you've listened this, this long on this particular podcast, let me know if there's a particular day of the week that you think would be better. And I think with that said, I am signing out.